Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Thursday, November 11th, Veterans Day. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. A new documentary tells the story of a secret federal experiment in the 1950s and 60s that exposed black St. Louisans to toxic chemicals in the air. They targeted us. They targeted St. Louis as as something that they can do something to a population and walk away. They targeted my people. They targeted my community. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin speaks with documentary filmmaker Damian Smith in just a few minutes. St. Louis area health officials are concerned about how COVID-19 vaccination hesitancy could affect inoculations for other diseases. Officials at the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say the number of children and pregnant people getting the flu vaccine this year is lower than 2020. Sarah Fenton reports. Clinical trials have proven the COVID-19 vaccine is safe and largely effective at preventing serious illness and death. But health workers are concerned conspiracy theories about how scientists develop the vaccine could be leading some people to avoid other vaccines. Lakeisha Butler is a pharmacy professor at Southern Illinois University Edwardsville. The message is unfortunately spreading. So there is now potentially this hesitancy with other vaccines. And it's more of, I'll just wait, it's not a priority. Butler says faith in doctors and health institutions has waned during the pandemic, and it's health officials' responsibility to answer people's questions and rebuild trust. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri is giving around 620,000 teachers credit monitoring for a year. The move comes after personal information of current and former educators was exposed on one of the state's websites. Missouri officials say the monitoring will cost around $600,000 and fall under an existing multi-state contract. A St. Louis Post-Dispatch reporter found the online vulnerability, and the newspaper alerted the state before publishing a story. Governor Mike Parson responded by calling the reporter a hacker and estimating the incident could cost Missouri around $50 million. Legislators have several tasks to complete in the upcoming Missouri legislative session beyond the constitutional obligation to pass a budget. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, one lawmaker says hurdles like congressional redistricting or acrimony from the veto session should not delay other bills. This year, lawmakers must also consider the allocation of federal funds from the American Rescue Plan Act and redistricting, all in an election year. Representative Michael O'Donnell, a Republican from South St. Louis County, says the above-average workload could lead to potential areas of conflict, and not just in the House. Pick any of them. You know, you you look at the way veto session ended in the Senate. It was really, it was, it it felt like it got a little personal. And that, to me, I'm concerned that that carries over. Despite the challenges, O'Donnell doesn't believe they will cause significant disruption in passing other bills, saying lawmakers can, quote, walk and chew gum at the same time. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. A third draft of redistricting maps for the St. Louis Board of Aldermen is expected today. That comes as critics call for more transparency in the process. The Post-Dispatch reports several organizations held a news conference yesterday to demand changes. They say more community input should have been sought earlier in the process, which will reduce the number of wards from 28 to 14. The groups say an independent demographer should be involved. 
Board of Aldermen President Lewis Reed is defending the city's redistricting approach. He insists it is transparent and points to the release of draft maps throughout the effort. Public hearings are set for Saturday and Monday. A small Metro East coffee company is giving half its profits to help with college expenses for children of veterans killed or injured in action. Commitment Coffee founder Brian Lester says his best friend's death inspired the business. Lester says he thinks about Matt Bancroft often, not just on Veterans Day. The Marine pilot died in 2002 when his aircraft went down in Pakistan. Kind of one of those people you'd want your son to be, uh, you know, your daughter to grow up and be with, you know, if you were fortunate enough to, to have as one of your best friends. Lester says he and a few others started saving money to help put Bancroft's daughter through college. He then founded Commitment Coffee to help others. The U.S. government subjected many residents of predominantly black neighborhoods in North St. Louis to a military experiment in the 50s and 60s. Federal contractors sprayed a toxic substance into the air. Many St. Louisans believe this caused chronic health problems, including cancer. Survivors tell their stories in a documentary now available to stream through the St. Louis International Film Festival. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin asked director Damian Smith why he calls the documentary Target St. Louis. They targeted us, in my opinion. They targeted St. Louis as, as, as something they, that they can do something to a population and walk away with no follow-up. They targeted my people. They targeted my community. They targeted, they targeted my parents, my, my grandparents, everybody who were affected by this. This is our community. And when I learned about it, it, just, it, it, it really um, appalled me. Let's talk about what what we know happened, what we think happened, and what hasn't quite been proven yet. Beautiful. Okay. I love that. Okay. Um, the federal government has acknowledged that it sprayed this stuff, uh, mm. cadmium sulfide, zinc, zinc cadmium, cadmium sulfide, sulfide. Yep. into Pruitt-Igoe mm. and other predominantly black neighborhoods. Has the government acknowledged that they made people sick by doing this? The thing is they did no follow-up. The government did no follow-up at that time period to what happened to the people that you tested on. And then they just left the, you know the people to deal with the consequences of this. So there hasn't yet been a study that has looked at the health in this area and said there's a higher incidence of cancer here. You know, it hasn't We been... just have lots and lots of people talking about their experiences. Yeah, these people are talking about their experiences. They're talking about a recollection of what happened in their community. These are firsthand accounts. Those trucks, trucks will go by and you see with that spout on the back and it's spewing this. this you saw that mist. too? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, all, all the kids. We saw that. We're behind the wrong thing. I, absolutely. Man. We saw fans, big fans, setting up on Jefferson, aiming down into the projects and the blowing, you know, and it had a fog like mist to them. Do we know why the government did this? Yes, the government was saying that this aerosol spray study was to put together a defensive weapon to protect an American city if Moscow comes over and tries to drop bombs on American cities. They, the city can release this cloud of smoke that's going to confuse so, the bombers. Okay. But in actuality, from the evidence, it was found through evidence that actually they may have been putting together a offensive weapon to attack Moscow. And testing how effective it is if you spray this from a, from a rooftop, from how many people are going to breathe it in? Yeah, what? these different places. So, yes. And how did they describe Pruitt-Igo in, in their documents when they identified the site? A slum district. These are the facts that we're, I'm speaking about. Mm -hmm. And then 
the people that were there can tell you what they saw and what happened. And that's what we focus on in Target St. Louis Volume 1. The stories from the people that were there. The, the, the how how it made them feel what they had the emo the emotional toll the psychological toll that it takes on a human being everyone was in there telling this story because they wanted this not to happen to the next generation yeah and I mean, there's a history in this country of people of color and specifically black people talking about their experiences explaining what they're seeing what they're feeling and white gatekeepers, whether they be politicians or media or industry, not accepting that as if the person of color is not a credible source about their own environment. Yeah, yeah. And it goes back to, unfortunately, us having to prove, show, and let you see and alert you to the humanity in us. We have to, time and time again, prove our humanity and show our humanity so you meaning like powers that be to recognize it that's director damian smith talking with st louis public radio's jeremy goodwin shula newman is the executive editor of st louis public radio a listener supported service of the university of missouri st louis music by ryan mcneely of adult fur I am out for a while. Several people will be behind this microphone in my absence starting tomorrow with Jason Rosenbaum. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.